This Game Source podcast is being brought to you by our friends at Gamer Protection Guild. The GPG is looking out for every gamer's needs. Find them on Facebook and like them. Gamer Protection Guild. Another episode of the world famous Game Source Podcast, episode 81 to be exact. SOS Rage, aka Angry Nick, takes his frustrations out once again. This time it's on Sony, Microsoft, and everything E3. Listen in on all the fun as once again we present to you another SOS Rage rant. Take it away, Nick. Welcome everyone to another episode. This is the E3 special. So, as you know, we here at GameSource had the privilege of being able to attend this year's E3 2013. For those of you who do not know, that is the Entertainment Expo, one of the largest video game expos in the world. While we were there, we saw a number of interesting things. Obviously, this year, the primary topic of uh, the Entertainment Expo was the Microsoft and Sony conferences, um, or briefings, however you want to refer to them as. Um, uh, I intentionally left Nintendo uh, absent of that because um, although they technically had a briefing, uh, it was on a much, much smaller scale compared to the other two um, bigwigs, if you will. Uh, just a br- real brief synopsis, as you've uh, likely heard, uh, several recordings, uh, whether those be digital audio reviews or um, videos up on YouTube, um, other major um, media outlets such as IGN, GameSpot, all those good, all those good folks in the gaming world. Uh, however, the short and the long end. Um, going into E3, uh, I personally, I don't really know where, expectation-wise, um, I would say. I, I think prior, I was probably more in the middle. Given Microsoft's reputation uh, prior E3, uh, their their PR was not looking particularly well. A lot of that, for, for those of you who may not have been following the conferences prior and are just kind of catching up on the post-conference, uh, the post-E3, uh, my my personal opinion was that uh, Microsoft was very devious the way that they went about uh, structuring their conference, and although it was impressive, the Xbox One, you know, woozed us and dazzled us, and oh cool, smart glass, connect, TV, 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 oh, okay, home entertainment system, oh, whoop de do. Um, and, you know, they kind of, uh, Sony and, uh, Microsoft pre-E3 kind of had polar opposite conferences, if you will. Uh, Sony showing, uh, more functionality-wise compared to Microsoft. There were more, uh, games, there were more exciting content, um, video, and, and of course they went into hardware specifications, such as Microsoft did. 
So, so really, at, at the end, right before going into the show, it was kind of like, well, so Microsoft didn't really discuss anything regarding DRM, uh, they didn't say anything about Always On, uh, they made mention of some features that you can utilize uh, to integrate your body more with the system. However, Sony took the disposition where, well, we're going to show you all the, the great things about our system. However, we're not going to actually show you the system. Uh, Microsoft kind of flip-flopped. They did show the system. They showed some stuff and no games, pretty much. So, you know, as a, as, as, as a media outlet that tries to be unbiased going into the show, while, while at the show, it, it was exciting. I'm not gonna lie about that. There was a lot of uh, there there was a lot of excitement, and even for the Microsoft side, and and again trying to remain unbiased, going to a conference already with with a slighted way of thinking. Just you know, hey, Microsoft was really devious the way they went about doing things. They were very hush hush. They worked with press leaks, and those press leaks obviously develop into rumors, and then those rumors develop and blossom, and then. You have a bunch of uh, garbage out on the internet, and and you don't know what's true, what's not true. So, uh, Microsoft's conference was obviously the first one we got to attend. Long story short, uh, after getting in there, they they had they started to open open the open the floodgates with my uh, with uh, Metal Gear Solid. Couldn't have been a better opening game in my opinion. Graphics looked absolutely amazing. Gameplay looked incredible. Uh, and, and just to, to, to have that classic nostalgia of Snake, you know, being one of the first games right off the bat to show. You know, you almost just wanted to just get up and you know, start cheering. But lo and long, long behold, Microsoft represented a lot of great titles. Uh, obviously, their focus was uh, to show system functionality and how these games worked with the... Um, in, 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 in conjunction with some some features of the smart glass and connect, but but more, I, I think their side was was immersing the audience in in a captivating and um, an incredible representation of gameplay. I, I think that was you know of course I'm sure that's everybody's focus, but Microsoft really hit home. They promised to deliver games at the conference, and they did. And I, I absolutely have to I have to give that to Microsoft in that respect. They did deliver games outside of some audio technical issues that were experienced throughout the, the conference. Overall, they I think they fundamentally had a strong uh, a strong conference until the end. Um, <laughs> if for those of you who have not yet gotten a chance to watch the conferences, I really really encourage you to. Uh, there a lot of great content, a lot of great game trailers, a lot of great gameplay. You can actually find those on our website at www yourgamesource.com uh, check out our uh, videos page and you can also check us on um, YouTube at yourgamesource.com and that's D-O-T-C-O-M full word spelled out so, moving on lo, lo and behold the the end segment of, of the conference as I was sitting uh, in a not so great spot during, at the conference I could read the teleprompter before uh, the gentleman <laughs> decided to announce the price. So, outside of, of you know the crowd cheering because of the the uh, you know, impressive uh, CG um, trailer of uh, uh, Halo, suddenly you have an, an overwhelming part of you know, overwhelming crowd going, oh, 
as he announced a $499 price point for the Xbox One. Now, the damage wasn't really that that was that wasn't really the collateral damage. The collateral damage was in Microsoft stocks the following day. However, that aside, we'll we'll save that for, for here in just a just a minute or two. So moving on, speed up time. The Sony conference. Now, Sony Sony too had a very impressive uh, with, with, with titles such as The Order, uh, Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy XIII, uh, Lightning Returns, uh, Final Fantasy Versus, um, just to name a few, Kingdom Hearts. They they came out with a lot of critically, um, I don't want to say critically uh, critically acclaimed. However, games that really people people wanted. Uh, I know I, I I can tell you a large part of the crew their excitement for the new Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I myself to to hear that they're finally releasing another Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. And and Sony, like Microsoft, had an impressive lineup of titles. Some of which, eh, I you know you, you either way. Uh, personally, I was most excited about to, to actually see some more content from uh, Final Fantasy Lightning Returns. Uh, that's my personal bias. I'm a Final Fantasy fan. As you probably know if you've read my page, so uh, be that what it may, that's okay. I'm psyched for it. Uh, you don't have to be. So now the that was obviously the meat and potatoes. However, I think the core component or the end result of the Sony conference is where it was most impacting. When Sony um, announced things such as no DRM. I could not tell you, unless you watched the conference yourself, the energy and the excitement of, of, of the cheering of all those people upon hearing that. And that's, compared to the energy when, well, we'll, we'll wait for that a second. Anyway, so DRM, huge, right, big, for them to announce that used games will be usable on, on the PlayStation 4. Incredible, awesome, fantastic. Gave the consumer exactly what they wanted. Bam. And to 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 take a further real jab at Microsoft to announce that there will not be an always-on authentication system. Um, it, it's again, it's in a matter of words, it's more impacting if you actually watch the video. And again, you can find those on our website. It's 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 much more impacting to, to watch the video, to to see, to feel the energy, to feel the excitement. It, it's a genuine, just it, it's great, and and to have announced basically re, rebutting all rebutting doesn't sound like a real word. Basically, taking everything that Microsoft was taking away from the consumers, giving it to the consumers, and then really jabbing that dagger deep. And, and having used key phrases and key words relating to what Microsoft was not going to give the consumer uh, was even taking it a step further. Now, the, at that time, the conference, was, the conference winner was, was, pretty, it was pretty cut and dry. Sony ultimately were the ones who uh, took the conference, plain and simple. They're the ones who took the conference 
it was uh, it was evident that that Sony was the one that clearly took the conference. Uh, again, it was cut and dry. Having having really just put Microsoft out on blast without really even saying it in so many words. Uh, however, it was implied, and Sony had a powerful conference. They they both did though. However, in in both defense, uh, Sony had a lot of great titles they displayed, and obviously, the one of the biggest cross factors compared to Microsoft was uh, plain and simple. They came in at a hundred dollars less for their console. That's right, three ninety nine, three ninety nine, and here's what happened post. Conference day. We're talking next day now, okay? Microsoft's stocks dropped. That should be a clear indication the massive impact that they had on public relations, media outlets, the consumer. Uh, IGN did a poll. I cannot remember the statistics offhand. However, they were slammed. They were slammed hard. I, I mean still slammed hard. However, we'll get into what they ended up doing here in, you know, in, in a little bit. But long story short, post the conference day, uh, the impact was evident. Uh, Sony, Sony came at them strong, and they, they took it. They won. So uh, now Nintendo, like I, like I mentioned really briefly earlier, Having having grown up playing Nintendo, come on, you played your Super NES, right? Nintendo 64. Don't tell me if you're listening to this, you don't remember playing Super Mario uh, or uh, Mario 64. Yeah, come on, you know you played it. All right, Nintendo, great games, okay? I have nothing personally against Nintendo. I'm a Zelda fan, okay? Zelda fan here. I like Zelda, although Wind Waker was really a... Uh, uh, one of the pretty awful part of the series, uh, Twilight Princess, also pretty suffered pretty bad, but and so did Majora's Mask. But anyway, long story short, I'm not. I got nothing against N- Nintendo. So please, for you Nintendo fan people out there, don't take this offensively. I'm just telling you like it is. Nintendo's conference was, for a better lack of term, kind of bland. Okay. Uh, being uh, as game source, we uh, three of our members, myself included, did have the opportunity to be able to to sit in on the, the uh, Nintendo briefing. Um, if I recall correctly, I, I think 500 people. I might be getting that mixed up with uh, Microsoft. However, there were a limited number of people, uh, although there was still a pretty big crowd. But anyway, uh, I I was Nintendo was probably one of the ones I was most least okay transposing my words here I was least impressed out of out of pretty much everything I actually saw at the show Nintendo was probably one of the biggest disappointments uh, now uh, for uh, actually Jamie and Sam um, we uh, also had the privilege of being able to attend that and don't get me wrong it was it was an incredible opportunity to to be able to 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 be in to be in the Nintendo briefing, it's to to know that we were a select number of people to to actually be able to experience that. Um, that was great, and and Nintendo, kudos to you. Thank you very much for for letting us be a part of that. And 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 for those from Nintendo who may be listening, you know, please again, I I don't mean any offense. It was just how I interpreted 
the uh, just the, the the presentation overall. Now, I think one of the coolest parts of that presentation was being able to meet the developers of of some of the most historically unbelievably t- just historically some of the titles that that even before my time okay and I'm only my time I say my time I'm only 25 so e- even the titles far before you know back, back on Super Mario, Super Mario to to meet the developer the developer behind the mind of Mario and and just to 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 even though we were not really within you know touching distance of them However, it was uh, it was an incredible experience. It, it was, uh, it was, it was something that was was uh, indescribable. You you see the end results of all these games, and you hear about the developers. You, you get commentary from the developers. You you uh, can watch firsthand you know videos of developers, but to actually be within the same room as a developer of of great games like Mario was an absolutely amazing experience. And and that was probably what I found to be one of the greatest components of being able to to be a part of that briefing. Now, that aside, unfortunately, overall, it was very very underwhelming. Uh, after having listened to Mario talk for I don't I don't even know how long. It's it's painful to even remember remember that time. If I had to hear Mamma Mia one more time, I, I you know it was. Something need to be thrown at the screen, but that aside, the the games were just it was just it wasn't there. Uh, we we had an opportunity to to listen to the developers actually talk to us, and and you know some of them put on a, a funny presentation, and you know that's all fine and dandy. However, fast forwarding through all that, the their grand uh, finale, I guess would be the way to put it. Their grand finale was, as you probably had guessed prior, Super Smash. Okay, well, whoop de doo We were really expecting that. We were we really weren't expecting that one, Nintendo. That really wasn't the the, the underwhelming. I, I mean, it was, but it wasn't. The underwhelming part was when you build the audience up for for something like, you know, wow, who's the new character gonna be, and then. Okay, Mega Man's cool, so I can't really, I can't really bag on Mega Man too much. Okay, I, I like Mega Man. I played it as uh, uh, when I was a kid too. So, um, Mega Man fans, hoorah! Okay. However, I think the the manner in which they kind of showed. Okay, basically, the Wii Fit Trainer was like the grand finale. I think Mega Man probably should have been, but even though it, it's still, uh, it still would have been a pretty pitiful. Presentation. So, in, in any case, it didn't really matter who they showed. But the fact of the matter is, uh, the Wii Trainer is nothing to jump up and down about. I, I mean, matter of fact, the initial CG video before the actual gameplay footage was it was funny. It, I mean, it was comical. It, it got you. It got you kind of engaged and and ready to see something cool and. It was just a total letdown. The the Wefa trainer didn't really have any moves that were I don't know worth getting jumping up and down about. I I, I don't know. I just 
after after that presentation, and then they they, they the developer of Super Smash played uh, played somebody else for a little bit, and and you know they won. Of course, of course they did. They're the developer. That was even real gameplay. So, I mean, I, I. It's like after that was over, it was like, um. So, that's it. That that's all you got. That there's no more from this, right? I mean, what what else is there? I, I, that that's just kind of it left a really empty feeling, and after that, it was just kind of just over. Okay. Just wait till the show opens up. So, again, I, I overall, uh, conference-wise, Sony really came in at number one. Microsoft fell to number two. Nintendo, I guess you could say they're number three. And we've, we've really reiterated this and, and rehashed this again and again and again through written articles and through, uh, you know, through audio, you know, through our podcast. And and again, it's, it's not that we have anything against Nintendo. It's just... Nintendo as a as an entity unfortunately is is suffering and and it's it's not like back in the day when when the Nintendo Wii came out and people were like climbing over people to cut they just don't have an innovative concept that that's going to to press them that's going to bump them up that's going to make them a a competitor worth battling and we've Again, we've you know between Gerald and I, we we've we've discussed prospects of of uh, having more uh, and Jamie as well. Sorry, buddy. Uh, uh, we've discussed the prospects of having more IP titles and and having more uh, having they, they their focus probably needs to be more on software since their hardware component and the Wii U sales have not been generated uh, on the consumer basis to the to the level of which they which they expected it. Um, and even though the 3DS sales are still are still killing, and they're they're still good, their their console is is what's suffering. They didn't really they didn't really introduce anything new and innovative to to just be so super excited about. And and sad to say that that Microsoft really made it a pretty competitive market when the Kinect came out, and and to to eliminate the use and even against. The PlayStation Move and take it from uh, take it from us. We were represent we were representations of Sony with the PlayStation Move, and it was a really difficult it was a really difficult pitch. I, you know, it's like pitching somebody like you know, hey, would you rather stand up and and be fully interactive with your gaming system and to not use uh, uh, not have to hold a remote, or do you want to go over there and hold this wand with a ball that looked like a well, okay, so. Since this is probably going to have to get censored, I'm not going to say what it looks like. However, let's just say it looks like something that would probably please a woman. So, uh, that aside, it, I mean, it's like, it, it, it was hard. It was hard to compete with. And and the Kinect has features on it that, that, are, that are innovative and that are cool that, that, really, that really the idea sells. And I don't think Nintendo came out with the Wii U with an idea that really sold. And that's... I think that's that is one part that's hurting them, and it it was seen. It was seen at the conference to to go from uh, them renting the Nokia Center and, and having some grand grand conference and 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 you know big briefing 
to to literally literally inviting I, I, I cannot remember the number offhand. I don't know, five hundred thousand people. I'm not sure. It it was it was a a much 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 smaller scale number of people than the Sony or Microsoft conferences, and to have contained it within the the booth, the Nintendo booth, mind you, which was on the show floor, it it's it's kind of scary. It, it's it's frightening to see that Nintendo, and and not to say because Jamie had made this comment and this remark before, so I don't want to discredit it and go back on what he was saying. It it was smart the way they did it. It was it was uh, it was smart the way they went about doing it. They didn't have anything as big to display as the heavy hitters, so it was they they chose the smart route, and that, I am totally absolutely agree that they took the smart route. They they made the better decision. They they tried something much smaller scale, and they still tried to do something that was impacting. However, it was uh, overall it was very uh, again it was very underwhelming. So. That aside, that that's how uh, that's how overall we, uh, at least my opinion of how how the conferences um, and as far as how they impacted the show overall, um, I, I I I think it was obviously um, I mean obviously it, it it does impact the show because you're going around playing these games on on the PlayStation Four, you know, and or some some select games on PlayStation Four. However, it um, they had they had a lot of, of great content outside of that though. So getting into more of the uh, the actual show floor experience, E three like most years uh, was impressive. Uh, they had um, they had a lot of really great potential titles, some of which we um, we, we didn't get the opportunity to be able to. Game in the long lines to be able to, to see, um, Call of Duty being one of them, however, since I could give two whatever about Call of Duty, that was, trust me, that was nothing I was real uh, choked up about, so, now, I, <laughs> I hate Saints Row, and, and I know, I know those listening already know I hate, how much I hate Saints Row, and, and it brings my heart joy to hear that they were banned from Australia. You go, Australia! Uh, now, I was very disappointed, okay? And Square Enix, I have to say this, because I cannot believe you guys took that title. And I, um, I, I actually, at the show, uh, uh, Corey, and, uh, Corey and Chris were, I thought they were pulling my chain. I, I, I refused to believe them, because I, I naturally thought Square Enix had higher standards than Saints Row, but um, apparently they don't. So, now, worst game... Of the show, Saints Row. So now, now what I personally thought, I I, I got to sit in uh, murdered, uh, for, which was Square Enix, and it was uh, it was kind of a frightening game to to be completely honest with you. Uh, I uh, early part of 2014, I believe, is what they said, and oddly enough, it's actually coming out on the PlayStation 3. So that was kind of strange to to hear that. They, that late of a release, um, you would have for sure thought it was going to be one of their uh, one of their launch titles. However, I guess they've chosen not to not to prospect that to the PS4. So, however, that that was just but one of many. I got to participate in a uh, in a live action battle for the Final Fantasy uh, 14 beta, uh, uh, Realm Reborn, I believe. 
that was uh, that was actually a really great game. Uh, one one of which I'm I'm attempting to I, I do have beta access to, and I'm hoping to provide you uh, some time some type of either audio commentary, video commentary, or written commentary about my experience with that. So uh, stay tuned as always um, at yourgamesource.com for uh, the latest and greatest on that. Um, however, my experience with that was um, I don't typically play a lot of uh, MMORPGs, especially subscription-based services. Um, I believe for uh, Realm Reborn it is $14.95. Don't quote me on that. Uh, there's a reason why I typically don't, um, such as WoW. It's, uh, it's money, man. I mean, I realize money and money makes the world go round. However... When you have, uh, you know, on top of your monthly subscription-based service that you're paying for, uh, when you have microtransactions on top of that, to, to be able to ultimately... And listen, game developers, you're not fooling anybody, okay? If you have microtransactions in the game, you are going to put limitations on, on character development to a point where you are going to eventually have to do microtransactions, okay? Plain and simple, there's no sugarcoat in that. It is what it is. So, and for those who play MMORPGs online... I, I mean, you know, it's that it is what it is. It's just the nature of the way things go. Even the free ones, like MapleStory, and and mind you, I'm I like MapleStory. Don't play it as much as I used to. However, it to some degree, to some point, they they make it so unbelievably difficult that you have to. But that's that's it. That's my tangent on on microtransactions and what I think about that. However, nonetheless, gameplay, uh, very impressive. Graphically, um, amazing. Of course, you'd expect that from a Final Fantasy title. I was uh, I was most uh, I, I was kind of compelled by the the battle system that that the components that made up the battle system, and at first when I when I, I got the opportunity to jump in on it, we were we were battling this this you know giant monster, uh, Ifrit I believe it was, and uh, you know having jumped right in the game like like many other like many other titles. You had the opportunity to, you know, hey, you got your you got your heads up display, um, you got your magic attacks and things like that. But having gone right into the battle, it was a little it was a little intimidating. Uh, there were just a lot of different kind of magic and spell attacks, and then a lot of like, uh, what do I what do I click on here? However, it, let me assure you, after just a little bit of guidance from the great people at Square Enix, it it took it took virtually no time at all to just pick up on it and. Again, from my from my lack of experience, because I, I, I refuse to play Final Fantasy XI because, again, it was a su- subscription-based MMO, um, and and as much of a Final Fantasy fan as I am, paying you know fifteen bucks a month is just it it's it's not worth that to me, and plus I I sure don't have the time. So, again, being able to participate in a beta, by the way, at the time at the, at the time I'm recording this. Uh, it, the, there, uh, there are opportunities for those of you who are PlayStation owners to be able to participate on the beta. So uh, make sure to check out uh, our website for that information as well. So, um, However, long story short, I'm not going to bore you with the details and the logistics of it, but uh, Final Fantasy XIV, a uh, great game. I, I had a lot of fun playing it. Once I got the hang of it, which really took probably a couple minutes for me to, oh, okay, you know, I, I just got to make sure I click on the uh, click on the appropriate monster, and then you know you jump right into the combat system. And they didn't have a whole lot; it was more of a hands-on um, hands-on demo rather than a, an explanation of the you know the storyline or or what the meat and potatoes of the game actually were. So 
But from my experience, uh, for those who are Final Fantasy fans like myself, you won't be disappointed. I it wasn't. Uh, I didn't get an opportunity to play any of the open world environment. It was just a combat sequence. However, so far it looks uh, pretty impressive. Now, as for other some other games, I did get the opportunity to see Final Fantasy XIII: uh, Lightning Returns. It looks like a it looks like a, a solid game. Um, I was very gra- graphically impressed with it. Uh, it looks like a more uh, free-flowing combat system. Um, it looks like it will use the same type of paradigm system as the previous, uh, as its predecessors did. Um, however, from what I've observed, it looks as though you have a little more free reign uh, during uh, battle uh, battle notation uh, battle notations um, during battle sequences. I'm sorry. Uh, during battle sequences, you you seem to have uh, a lot more mobility and a lot more. Um, you're, you're, it's more of a real-time combat system. However, it's still uh, it's it is still turn-based because thank goodness it's you know got to keep some tradition of the Final Fantasy series, right? However, it's more of a real-time time, <laughs> real-time time um, sequence battle. So. If you check out some of the trailers, you'll you'll kind of get a better idea what I'm what I'm talking about. Uh, I, not, I didn't I didn't really uh, observe um, a tremendous amount of the game. Uh, major components of it, just uh, observed some battle sequences, um, checked out some of the. Uh, it seems to have the uh, similar mechanics to the other, um, to its, again to its predecessors, um, in terms of the way the environment's set up, your interaction with the environment. Um, just jumping around, things of that nature. So now, I I can go on and on and on about all the you know all the great stuff they they had at E3. I'm just kind of giving you some of uh, some of my personal experiences and and what uh, what I liked from the show, uh, which which really for the for the sake of time, we'll we'll limit that down to just the the few items I'm going to list on here. So uh, another game. Having two, uh, having two children my, uh, myself, the um, what was uh, also presented at the Microsoft conference as well was <laughs> was the new Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare. That game looks amazing. If you are a Plants vs Zombies fan, you will not be disappointed. They they took such a such a new and innovative spin on this title that it really just it, it just blow you away. You need to watch the video to to really really get a sense of what I'm talking about. They they took a, a almost a, a 2D I mean a 3D I don't I don't know how best to explain. It's they've taken like a third um, a third person perspective on the game and and, and they immerse you in a 3D world and it takes all the great things that we like about Plants vs. Zombies uh, on our handhelds and mobiles um, and uh, gaming systems and consoles, and it it really they've added an entirely new spin on it. They've taken the they've taken all the your your favorite plants and they've you know given them they they've just brought their they they brought their special attributes to life. And to be able to see, oh, I'm sorry, and I want to make uh, I want to correct myself. Uh, it was at the EA conference that we saw that. My apologies. My apologies. It was not Microsoft. I resend that comment. It was the EA, EA conference. So, um, for those for those folks in editing, 
go ahead and omit that part out and, and just replace it with EA, EA, EA. Okay, I said it a couple times, so just take a piece of that and move it over. No, it sounds so much better if we just leave that in. Sorry, Nick. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was fantastic. I would absolutely, hands down, recommend when that game hits uh, hits consoles. Absolutely recommend picking it up. Uh, also, uh, they did make mention PopCap Games uh, did make mention that uh, Plants vs Zombies Two would be available for all those fine folks out there in July. I I want to say it was the early part of July. However, I'm bad with release dates for games. So, however, expect July. Make sure you check the iOS store and the Android market. Do it. You know you want it. Uh, outside of that, uh, I did get to. Uh, I, I actually ended up sitting through that one again, which uh, which wasn't bad at all. I, I it, again, it's it's a, a fantastic looking game. It looks like it's it's being groomed to to be something real cool now. Uh, I didn't actually, I didn't actually get to sit through a visual presentation of uh, Dead Rising Three. However, uh, they did show some of it in the, in the conferences. I didn't get to see an extended, any extended gameplay footage or anything. But for those of you who are Dead Rising fans, uh, the game looks like it's uh, shipping out to be shipping out, shaping up, then shipping out, shaping out, shaping up. There you go. That's one of those. <laughs> it ends up sh- uh, shaping up to be uh, a very, very graphically immersive game. Um, just looking at the general gameplay mechanics, it integrates uh, much of what you are already accustomed to in the previous Dead Risings, such as weapon customization, uh, obviously your strategic capabilities and being able to outmaneuver your enemies. Um, this one... Uh, there are some parts of it of which we've uh, we've observed so far that um, have uh, close quarter combat situations uh, that are uh, basically really test your combat skills and and it really you have to think uh, it's a lot more than running and gunning running and destroying it's it's um, trying to use environmental conditions and environmental um, attributes around you to um, basically get you from point A to point B to point C to point D without dying. So, um, as that logic sounds pretty pretty standard amongst you know, all games, you know, that's your destination. You get point A to B, point B, right? Uh, this game does it well. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty crazy to be able to, to, to see that they were, they were working on that title. So, um, those fans out there um, anticipate a, a great-looking game coming out. I uh, again, I myself, um, although uh, part of the uh, part of the conference for me was um, being able to to meet um, meet with some of the um, the, the associates from uh, Ubisoft and and you know all that all that you know not so fun stuff like going and talking to you know, developing PR contacts, yeah, and you know, but alas, that is that is the job of. Well, that is one of my many jobs. However, <laughs> that aside, <laughs> moving on to the stuff that actually is relevant and actually matters here, I just wanted to uh, you know point out uh, just again a couple of the games that I really felt uh, really wowed me, and uh, for some reason I, I thought there was another one I wanted to mention. And oh, that's right, Scribble Knots. Okay, I have to actually thank Sam for for uh, wanting. Uh, uh, for those of you, you know, Sam, like, you know, 
was part of the, you know, Game Source crew, Sam. I'd like to thank her uh, on here because, uh, well, hopefully she ends up listening to this so she knows I'm thankful for it. Uh, however, again, having not played Scribblenauts in the past, I I wasn't really... The concept of Scribblenauts is really cool. I, having not, again, having not played Scribblenauts uh, prior prior to, prior to seeing the uh, Scribblenauts at the show, I, I don't really... I never really associated kind of any, um, I guess rather not associated, but I didn't really develop any kind of opinion of uh, the game overall. So um, be that be that what it may, my experience with it at the show uh, was phenomenal. I think it is just such a, uh, and again, having two children, myself, you know, one of my questions were, were right, off, uh, right off the bat were, you know, how uh, basically what age um, is this game appropriate for? Because I think it, it is really, um, again, it's one of those innovative titles that takes a concept. We all, okay, maybe, I, at least I, I know when I was graduating from high school, it, you know, my, my excitement was, I'm going to be a game developer. I want to be a game developer when I grow up. That was the concept I had, you know, going through my years of high school. When I get out of here, you know, I, I want to be a game developer, and... To see games like that and, and Project Spark and being able to hopefully I got that one right this time. I always get that I always get that, that one transposed, but to be able to, to, to see games like Scribble Knots, for instance, that gives you as the player the ability to to create your own world. To be able to, to type something in and bam, it's just it's there. You know, and and, and to to make like uh, to you know type the word in tree and then to add like an adjective to define how big the tree is or how small the tree is and to see it come to life is uh, it, it's incredible it, it really is incredible and and in defense that was on the Wii U and and that is those are the types of games that that Nintendo needs to hammer home with because I really think personally as a as a as a great family title game. I think to, to be able to sit down with my son and my daughter and, and to show them, you know, okay, well, this this is a tree, but if you define how big it is, you know, then you're teaching your children adjectives. And, you know, even even being as old as I am, to, to be able to, to sit down and <laughs> be able to sit down and create all the stuff I just teach, you know, typing, uh, typing in words, rather. I, I mean, I think it's just such a fun and, and just, it, it's a... It's different. It's different. And I really think that's what, as gamers, we're looking for. And uh, we, we've had this discussion prior, but as the years go on and the consoles get better, and I think these developers are focusing so much on graphics that it's, it's taking away from gameplay. It's Games aren't what they used to be. It's not like when it used to be when Final Fantasy VII would take you over 100 hours uh, with all the side quests, with all the things you can do, with all the material you had to find, it, those those aren't what today's, today's games are. Today's games are you pay sixty plus bucks for it, and you're lucky. You're lucky if you maybe get eight to ten hours of gameplay out of it. And then, what is it worth after that? You go and trade in the GameStop. I, I just, it's it's uh, it's pitiful to see. It's just to to. To get games nowadays and to pay 60 bucks for them is just, 
the logic is, is just not there anymore. The games aren't worth the money. They, they just aren't worth the money. So to to see a game that you can go, you know, wow, I, I think I would pay 50, 60 bucks for this. And and to know that that there's not any one way to, to beat this game, that there are, I mean, almost an infinite number of ways. I'm probably exaggerating there. There probably are some kind of limitations, but... To to be able to to uh, those are the kinds of games I guess is what I'm saying is that I didn't see enough of those at E3 and that was probably one of my biggest disappointments about the show was that oh yeah okay another first person shooter oh okay well that's yeah well, I'm kind of already seen that before uh, and and of course the games that you know, we we wait for and we're excited for like Metal Gear which. Yeah, and I just want to say I'm really, really psyched for that game. I can't wait for that to come out. But but games like that, which we we anticipate and and we wait for, and the Final Fantasies, and and those are all great and fine. And and, and just see uh, to see people like Square Enix, for instance, in the development of new titles that that will help uh, you know spark a maybe maybe set a fire for for a, a series of games that they may develop later down the road. I mean that's that's great and all, but I don't think even at this year's E3, um, even with the re- you know, release of the consoles and supposedly each of these uh, you know each of the uh, the powerhouses saying, well you know our systems are being built to, you know to, to cater to developers and and to to uh, give developers the tools and the resources to be able to make games. Well, yeah, that's great and everything, but. Are you giving them the tools and the resources to make eight-hour games, or are you giving them the tools and the resources for us to get the games that we loved back in the past that you can get sixty or seventy hours of gameplay out of? I I don't know. That's just that's just me. Call it what it is. But I'm already running along on this as it is. So uh, this again, just as just a kind of a sum up of some of the highlights of E3, some of the highlights from the conference. Um, overall, just uh, kind of my ramblings on on what I found to be most appealing at this year's show. Overall, it was uh, it was a very 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 impacting. Uh, this show will shape the future of what game is going to be. It, it's just plain and simple with with the with the massive with the tools with the resources with with all that we are and all that we have and and what. This is what the future of gaming is going to be, and it's exciting. Uh, they, it seems like they have a lot of really great projects in the works, and um, I'm personally excited just to see where this is going to go, where this is going to, where this, where the future is going to lead us. And um, just to kind of briefly sum up in recent news, which will likely be another um, Rage review. Well, I get. I said review. It's actually the Rage Brand, um, which means um, our our podcast editor will read me a read me yeah, read me read, read me would be more appropriate term. Uh, will read me because um, I opened up the podcast saying this is the Rage Review. This is actually the Rage Rant. Um, if you call it a rant, I should make another segment called the Rage the Rage Ramblings. Because that's what I feel like it is right now. Uh, however, <laughs> that aside, in, in recent news, Microsoft did a complete 180. Complete 180. 
removing removing their, their the DRM rights. DRM rights. The digital rights management. Sorry, got that mixed up. For those of you just in in a in a short description, what the digital rights management is is in an effort to stop piracy. Companies such as Microsoft and Sony, of course, are trying to implement security protocols that will basically inhibit those piraters out there from, well, doing what they do best, pirating games. Now, what that unfortunately means for the rest of us who don't have a uh, secret lifestyle of uh, pirating games and uh, putting them on the Pirate Bay and all these other BitTorrent sites is... It um it inhibits our ability to be able to pre- uh, yeah, p- play pre-owned titles on the systems. That's bad, of course. And that's not only that's not only bad for the consumer. That's bad for the retailer. GameStop, okay. And by no means am I saying oh boohoo GameStop because you know what those people rip you off anyway. So as far as I'm concerned. You know what? If GameStop goes down the toilet, so be it. Because you have big box retailers such as uh, uh, Best Buy and Toys R Us, who does trade-ins and everything else too. So, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not sweating. However, be that what it may, that really impacts retailers. Matter of fact, it impacts retailers such as GameStop, who, who, by the way, makes the majority of their sales probably on this, on the, um, on selling pre-owned titles. Unfortunately, what that means to consumers such as you and I is that that means we are, of course, this was all theoretical because nobody ever wanted to really put a price on it. I wonder why. Was that the potential to buy a pre-owned title and be able to, um, and not be able to, uh, to have to pay some unknown amount, which was never really made known, to, to be able to play the game on the system so you're basically purchasing to make another purchase to be able to hopefully play your game and for me personally let's see if I had to pay a GameStop prices $50 for uh, a pre-owned title that actually retails for $10 more um, and then have to potentially pay potentially okay because again there was no amount Let's just say you had to pay another $60 to be able to play it on your system. So, in reality, you paid over $100 for that game. Where, at what point does that actually make sense? So, it, it, in a nutshell, the DRM, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing I can get in on. So, long story short, what that basically meant was uh, that that was bad. That was bad for, for people like you and I, because... I, I don't know about you, but I'm not paying over $100 for game, potentially. So, anyway, having having eliminated the DRM, which was, again, something they, they really pussyfooted around, and they, they didn't really, they didn't clarify these kinds of things. Post-conference, when Sony announced, for instance, that they were, were not going to be doing DRM, they made a public press release. Okay, keyword there is public. Public press release to everyone on national television, basically saying, "Hey, listen, we just want to clarify: all first-party PlayStation titles will be—you you can play pre-owned games, you can play used games, or however they however they ended up wording it, probably more official." Now they are leaving it to the publishers to determine 
whether or not they will be playable as a used title. Okay. Now, Microsoft, no, they didn't. They didn't go that route. Matter of fact, they were oddly quiet about the whole thing in both conferences. Now, anyway, we're gonna fast forward till to now. So the long and the short is, is that they reversed that. They said, "Hey, okay, all right, you can play these games. Okay, calm down. We're getting what you want." And and then not to to make matters even, you know, they 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 really they really fluffed it up and made it sound like you know. We're going to give you consumers what you wanted. Really? Then why didn't you do that before? Oh, yeah, that's right, because you probably wouldn't have done it if Sony didn't do it first. Hmm. That was really for the consumers, though. That was really for us. Great move there, Microsoft. Yeah, no, stick, stick that foot a little, foot a little bit, you know, a little deeper in your mouth. So... Be uh, you know, be be that what it is. Anyway, they 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 basically reverse that. Okay, that's that's what I was trying to get to with that long, elaborate explanation, which was actually supposed to be a short one. They removed the DRM, and they basically tailored it to what Sony had had said. First party titles um, will be playable, and it will be left to the uh, to the uh, publishers uh, publishers' discretion. I may have said developers before, but I actually meant publishers. I'm sorry. It will be left to the publisher's discretion whether or not those titles will be playable as used games. Okay, uh, with with the uproar that this has caused, it's very unlikely you're going to have uh, very many publishers, at least out of the gate, uh, putting DRM uh, restrictions upon their their titles. Okay, hopefully nothing to worry about there. The always on concept. Uh, they clarified that by saying, "Okay, it will not always, it will not always, always be on. Uh, there will be an initial 24-hour, 24-hour uh, authentication. When, uh, and forgive me, I, I may be misconstruing this information. However, upon purchasing your system, uh, there will be a basically one-time activation that you have to perform online, and and that's it. Now, whether these rumors are just that rumors or if there is any uh, substantial evidence to, to back these, these statements. However, I think the always-on concept kind of went hand-in-hand -hand with uh, basically a violation of our rights. Um, always-on basically conceptualizes the thought of that means you're always being watched. Technically, that sounds like it's probably a huge violation of your rights. Uh, your, you know, constitutional rights? Yeah always being basically they're spying on you whatever you're doing so you know and probably as a gamer maybe not something you really thought about initially but that's actually pretty frightening so whether or not they're going to actually still do it and they just not tell you I don't know they public they did they did however make a public announcement basically saying okay we're we're eliminating the always on there'll be a one time uh, one time authentication done okay and and I can really go into deep detail about some other things, but but basically the major those those are the major the the major 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 changes in, in which they are they're making. And you can actually find we will uh, matter of fact again I will uh, in, in the commentary related to this audio um, I will outline uh, the specific the the specific changes in writing so that you can kind of make a comparison of um, what we had prior and basically what we've. I, what they would consider have, quote, lost. 
um, with the with the change with the cha recent changes that they've made. So um, a big step for Microsoft. However, me personally, they're still got egg in their face. They have still uh, they still do not look do not look promising in my eyes. So uh, they made a huge flop. I, I think they are still trying to recover from the uh, massive heap of, of crap that came their way from the PR uh, and the media outlets. However, you know what? That's their problem to deal with. And all I know is is that I, I still I still have to give Sony my vote. They out of the gate, they were open, they were honest, they they didn't lie about it. They were just like, hey, listen, guys, this is what we're doing for you. Bottom line. And next day, oh hey, here's a clarification since you know. Maybe that didn't come off the right way. So, anyway, that will wrap up this segment. Uh, again, this ran a little bit longer than what I had anticipated it running. However, uh, this is basically my E3 synopsis. I figured it would probably be uh, a little more exciting to actually listen to it and, and to hear the excitement versus reading a really long article. Um, again, like I've kind of reiterated a couple times uh, throughout this podcast, um, I will make an audio commentary available. It will not follow a word-for-word -word of what I've said. It will basically surmise um, core components of this podcast and make them available in a in written form. So again, just like the Microsoft thing, which would make a little bit more sense as a written um, um, as a as a written article versus, uh, especially since I didn't explain it in great detail. So, thank you, folks. Um, as always, you can join us uh, at www.yourgamesource.com. Check out our podcast page um, and all the other great, fantastic things we have on there. And uh, make sure, again, you check us out on YouTube at yourgamesource.com. Follow us at, uh, at Twitter at, at GameSource. And thank you, folks, for uh, listening to the SOS Rage rant. There you go. There you go, editing. Editing crew. I said it, the SOS Rage Rant. Anyway, um, as always, you can check us out and get, uh, check us out because we are the number one source of gaming news and media at www.yourgamesource.com. And if you have any questions, you can always email me directly at nick.h at yourgamesource.com or hit us up on our main email at yourgamesource at yahoo.com. Thank you, folks, and until next time. Later. And remember, this Game Source podcast was brought to you in part by the GPG, the Gamer Protection Guild. Find them and like them on Facebook at Gamer Protection Guild, fighting for your rights as gamers.